We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The Indiana Pacers. Reggie from the wing. to the big fella, fake shoots, and hits! He hits! He hits! He hits! He hits! He hits! seconds to play. Seven. Here's a three by Oladipo. Oh, right. He hit it! Victor Oladipo from three-point range. 18.7 seconds left. Miller for three. And he got it. Reggie Miller with a clutch tray and a steal. Miller retreats to the three-point line. Hey everybody, what's going on? Welcome to Setting the Pace, episode number 17. I'm your host, Alex Golden, and joining me as always is Mike Focci and Tyler Smith. The Indiana Pacers are on a six-game winning streak. Tyler, you've been there in person to see it. How is that vibe in the locker room going? Uh, it's really well, man. I, I tell you what, after they met with Oladipo in Miami, things have clicked. Uh, they continue to win with defense and depth, the two Ds. And it's it's really been an impressive run, probably the most impressive run um, all season long when you consider the uh, circumstances. And I just saw this today. It's the third time this year they've had a six-game or more winning streak. First time this team has done it since 2003, the season that they set a record, franchise record of 61 wins. So very impressive stretch right here. Yeah, Fachi, what have been your thoughts on this six-game winning streak? February, typically the month where fatigue becomes very evident for teams. These Indiana Pacers are showing no sign of slowing down. I love what I'm seeing right now. As Tyler mentioned, right after seeing Oladipo, it was just what the doctor prescribed. The team needed it. They needed a little kick in the butt to get it going, and I could not ask for a better time to go into the All-Star break. Just one more game left against Milwaukee with this team being hot right now. Oh, you're exactly right, Fachi. And, you know, those games that they did win in Miami and the one they won in New Orleans, those were ugly wins. You know, they pulled those out, really slow starts, but ended up pulling those games out. And then they come here and lay the smack it down on the Los Angeles Lakers, giving LeBron James the worst loss of his NBA career. 42 points. The fans were uh, <laughs> extremely energized for that game, chanting, LeBron's going to trade you, not worth trading, all that fun stuff. It's fun to be a Pacer fan right now. But looking at last night's game, it was a little bit different because we had a new face. The Pacers acquired Wesley Matthews after the trade deadline. He was bought out by the, uh, or he was actually waived by the Knicks, and the Pacers picked him up off of uh, waivers once he cleared. They signed him to a contract. Um, actually, goes into the starting lineup 
They moved Tyreek Evans back to the bench. Uh, Tyler, how did he look last night? Uh, he looked pretty good overall. I mean, obviously some some jitters. He said he was really nervous going into it, as you can imagine. I mean, doesn't matter how long he's played this game. When you go to a new team, new city, new everything. I mean, you, you're going to feel some nerves, but um, to hit the the big shots, that's going to be a key. If he can, if he can kind of take Oladipo's spot in terms of hitting some big threes like he did in the first game, um, that's going to be a good thing for this team. Yeah, Fachi, what were your thoughts on Wesley Matthews' debut as a Pacer? Not a good shooting night. Uh, he's not typically a guy who shoots a high percentage, but overall I thought he played some great defense in the first half, specifically on Kemba Walker. Kemba was, was struggling at times. Um, I thought I think you were able to see uh, the addition of how we needed more three-point shooting on this team, and I think that that's a role that Wesley Matthews can provide. Had a couple of really deep three-pointers, actually the only two shots that he made, but he also showed that he can rebound for a guard and – I think he's going to be the addition the team needs moving forward that didn't jeopardize anything in terms of the future. So we didn't have to shake up this team in order to get a little bit better. Adding Matthews to the team, love the move. Hey, I did want to ask you guys, though. Um, I sent out a poll question on the uh, Andy Sports Legends Twitter feed, um, actually before they signed Matthews, and I asked fans, would you rather have Matthews or would you rather Holiday and Sumner um, play and develop and at that time, 65% of fans said they'd rather just let Holiday and Sumner play. Uh, I'm not sure if that number would change now if I asked it again, but um, what are your guys' take on, you know, obviously it's a low-risk um, signing, but it is going to probably take some time away from Holiday especially. Um, is that going to be a problem, or is that still a good thing? Is he still a good fit there? I'll take this one to start. Um I thought it was interesting that you know they convert Sumner's deal from from uh, kind of like the two-way deal to into a two-year deal, and he actually doesn't even play last night, and neither does Holiday. So it's going to be interesting moving forward. I, I think that for the team right now, when you're trying to fill Oladipo's spot, Wesley Matthews is the veteran that has been there. So I think that it is for now, maybe a little bit more valuable to play him moving forward. We definitely know that Sumner and Holiday are very much in their plans for the future. So I'm all right with uh, Wesley Matthews grabbing more minutes. Now, does he need 30 minutes to Holiday zero? I don't think so. But I think we got to give Wesley Matthews at least about 20 minutes a game, maybe around that 25-minute mark, and try and find ways for, for Holiday to get in there when you can. I'm all right with Sumner taking a bench for, for now. Yeah. How about you, Alex? Yeah, for me, it's it's a it's a tough call because I love watching Holiday just grow. Same with Sumner. I mean, you could tell over the you know the five or six games that he played that he was really starting to you know get a little groove. Uh, played pretty well against the Lakers, and so I was I was impressed with what I saw from development wise. But McMillan even said this, you know, we're not here to develop young guys right now. We're here to win. So Wesley Matthews gives you that win mentality. They're trying to stay with the third seed because they don't want to have to face Boston. Philadelphia, Toronto, or Milwaukee in a 4-5 matchup in the playoffs. So they're really trying to fight for that third seed, get home court advantage, and see what they can do against a team like the Nets. You know, the Nets have been playing really well, but I think at the end of the day, the Pacers probably have more talent on their roster. In a seven-game series, I think I would still give the Pacers the edge. But, yeah, I saw your question last night um, on um, on Twitter, the one that you put on from your personal account, and you said, how can we you know get holiday minutes by adding yeah. Wesley Matthews, and I suggested, well, do you move McDermott to the four and take Leaf out of the rotation, or what do you do? So I'm going to throw this back at you, Tyler. What would you do with uh, this roster in this situation? 
Yeah, I mean, overall, he's a good fit, Matthews. I mean, you know, like you said, allows Tyreek to go back to the bench and um, some more leadership and three-point shooting. And it's kind of like what Pritchard said. Like, you can't go into that locker room, a team that's, you know, 38-19, and tell them, hey, we're going to build for the future. Like, that's not fair to those guys. Um, At the same time, I do feel like when Oladipo went down, it was uh, a good time to see what you have in Holiday because – Honestly, how he plays uh, the rest of this year can really determine, you know, the direction the team takes at point guard for next season. Um, so I do hope um, I'm not even though he didn't play in the first game with Matthews. I'm not I, I just can't imagine that he's just going to ride the pine the rest of the season. I think they're going to they got to find some way to get him in there. So that, you know, the idea that you had is one possibility. Um, and like what Fauci said, if you can even give. Um, Matthews and maybe even Tyreek, maybe just a few less minutes here and there and give Holiday some run, I would be much more content with that if he at least gets a little bit of, of playing time. But that's 11 guys in a rotation. That's pretty tough. Yeah, it's tough. It's it's a tough situation. And, you know, maybe it's one of those things where they have to ride this out and then as the tough schedule in March comes up, if they feel like, you know, they don't have a chance at the three seed, maybe then they turn to him a little bit more. I have really no idea, but... It's a tough situation, but you just you're trying to win, but you also want to see what you have in Aaron. So sometimes that stuff works themselves out with more injuries, and you hope that doesn't happen. But you know, I guess the depth is is a good part. Well, I do want to bring up TJ Leaf a little bit because I know he's not playing significant minutes, but the times he's been in there recently, he's actually looked pretty good. You know, he hasn't been a negative, and I think his energy has been pretty good on the offensive end. So I'll go with you, Fachi, since you're kind of a hard critic of TJ Leaf. Uh, how has he been, in your mind, the last couple of games playing that backup four? Alex, I'm telling you, he heard me. He heard my comments from a couple of weeks ago because a fire has been lit underneath TJ Leaf, and he can't miss right now. The last three games, TJ Leaf has not missed a shot. He is a perfect eight for eight. It's it, I, my mind is blown, but in the 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 short minutes that he's stepped in there, he's produced. I mean, sure, he's never gonna really be pulling down, you know, ten rebounds. That that's gonna be super rare. But he's I don't know what happened to his three point shot either. But he's been efficient. Yeah. So if you are gonna give him that, you know, five to seven minutes a game right now, I'm all right with it because while McDermott was out, I, I think that. TJ Leaf was a guy who did take advantage of some of those extra minutes that came his way. So if you are going to cut him out of the rotation, I, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be really, I wouldn't feel any sort of way other than, all right, well, hey, he actually showed me something. Yeah, Tyler, what about you? Yeah, I think he's shooting a cool uh, 65% in uh, February. And <laughs> the thing I like, too, about his last five games, I was looking at his game long, he he does not have a single turnover in there either. So, you know, that's a plus. Um, so, yeah, we're seeing some good things, and, and that's that's what you want. You want to see what you have uh, in these guys, uh, even if it's a little bit of time um, to contribute to wins, uh, but also give you kind of a glimpse of what you have moving forward. Well, let me ask you guys this. Is it a coincidence that the winning streak started when Doug McDermott was injured? Because I felt like <laughs> I, I just felt like he was really struggling, really trying to press a little bit too much when Oladipo went out. Then he had the injury in Washington, played through it the next night in Orlando, I believe. So, you know, that winning streak, you know, <laughs> when he was out, I felt like the lineups looked a little bit better defensively when Tyreek came back to the team as well. So, uh, Tyler, what are your thoughts on McDermott's play so far this season? 
there could be a little truth to that, but I think overall it's that Oladipo magic. That's yeah. what that's what happened to that six game winning streak. But I mean, there could be some truth to it if he's not if he's not connecting um, from three point range, then there's not much use uh, for him out there at times. Um, even though he can drive, but it's kind of sporadic. But his defense um, is terrible. Yeah. Yeah, which uh, I think they did some uh, some stats on that and how you know he, it has improved compared to um, some of his previous years. Uh, maybe the system here is better for him, but it's still pretty rough at times. Yeah, Fachi, any other uh, words with that? We we know we didn't bring in McDermott for defense purposes, but if he could just hit one or two big shots towards the end of the year, it'll all be worth it. I know he's banged up right now, but. I know what McDermott is capable of, and when he's fully healthy and when he gets it in sync, maybe he just needs a little bit of time off for some rest. Mm-hmm. I think that we're going to be able to finally reap those benefits that we thought when we signed him at 12.01 on July 1st. Yeah. So, obviously, the trade deadline passed. We didn't make any significant moves, but we did um, acquire Nick Stauskas Stau- wow. <laughs> and Wade Baldwin. We waved those guys along with E.K. and Ibogu <clears throat> to create the, create the room to sign Wesley Matthews, and then we did turn Edmund Sumner's contract into a full guaranteed contract. So I believe that solidifies the 15-man roster. However, I still have some issues with that backup power forward. I know we've been talking about TJ Leaf recently playing pretty well, but I feel like they could have upgraded that with the big guys that we have out there on the market. Were you guys at all a little bit disappointed that they didn't make another move in signing a power forward type player? Uh, to back up Thaddeus Young and give him some more minutes as we hit this home stretch before the playoffs, or are you cool with riding it out and letting Sumner get you know a fully guaranteed contract? I'll go with you first, Fachi. You know, Alex, you and I are on the exact same page when Markeith Morris was a name that I would have loved the Pacers could get involved with. He's still banged up right now, so <laughs> I, I know that nothing would happen. Uh, when you when you did uh, guarantee Sumner's contract, that did become trickier. But, man, I really felt that that was someone who could give us quality minutes. And even if you're only giving them about 10 minutes a game, I think that those would be highly effective minutes. So that was kind of the guy that I was targeting. Um, Now, I I really don't think that they'll make another move. But if you could have added Markeith Morris to this team, I I would have hopped on that in a second. A couple couple weeks ago, you were asking for Carmelo, so did you change? <laughs> yeah, Carmelo is still out there. I know he is. Um, I still stand by the comments. I wanted Melo. I was one of maybe five people, and I think there was about 460 others that uh, didn't want him on that tweet that you put out. So, uh, you know, I, I got I to gotta just hold my ground and say, hey, if Melo wants to join the Pacers, mm, we might be open to it, but probably not. Yeah. I don't think so. Yeah, I think Morris Morris would have been interesting. Um, I, I'm not sure how true the, the the talk is of you know the Morris twins not being great in the locker room. I don't really know if there's any truth to that or not. But um, I just think with the three headed monster of you know Turner, Sabonis, and Young, that um, maybe they just didn't want to take any time away from you know those guys uh, that they already kind of get taken away from. But um, it would have been an interesting move. But I do like Sumner's uh, future. I'm glad that he's he's locked up for a little bit. Yeah, and I think my only reasoning for it was, I mean, that would just make you 10 deep, and that'd be, you know, with us already being at a disadvantage without Oladipo for the playoffs, I just feel like adding Morris to your bench, if that young gets in foul trouble, you can throw Morris in there, and we saw Morris do this against the Pacers, he played the stretch five, 
And so Andy can shoot the three ball. If Turner gets in foul trouble, I mean, just depending on matchups, I just feel like it would give you more options. Obviously, it's not going to happen, so it's kind of pointless to talk about it too much. But that was my only thinking is he's a good defensive player, and he can shoot the three. I just thought it might might be a nice uh, little wrinkle to our 10-man rotation. But uh, Tyler, were you at the press conference yesterday where Oladipo talked on uh, on the phone, the conference call? Yeah, it was a conference call. Had a chance to uh, to hear from Vic, and uh, it was about a 25-minute phone call. We all had a chance to ask him a question, and uh, my question to him was asking him how his teammates have um, been leaders to him in this whole process. And he basically said, you know, these guys have all stepped up for me. Um, he said even small gestures like uh, Domas doing our pregame shooting, even though I'm not there, he said it means a lot, and that's just who they are. So I thought that was cool. Um, talked about the meeting with the team in Miami he said it was you know great to be able to tell the team that he was good and he reminded them how good they are and he told them you know remember that we are at our best when nobody believes in us so it was the pep talk of all pep talks and you know six straight wins so it's really quite a story for this guy to have that kind of effect on a team even when he's out says a lot about his leadership and he also said he 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 has no doubts whatsoever that he's going to come back uh, stronger than ever um, said he does not have a, a timetable update right now. A lot of fans want that, but he's like, I'm taking it one day at a time, which is the mindset to have. And in the meantime, he's just going to cheer his team on and he's going to rejoin the team at some point uh, to cheer them on in person, which will be a, a great moment for sure when that happens. Well, that's cool because I wasn't sure if he'd be able to come back and sit on the bench because of his injury. I know it's pretty, uh, pretty intense. And so um, I, w- I would love to see him on the sideline, though, just being there. I think that his presence would be just a huge support system for that team because they rely on him so much. I mean, he talks about it. He's a positive guy. I-, I think I saw a quote where it says he's just positive, and that's what he wanted to bring was positivity because they had no positivity. And sometimes, you know, negativity can be just as, you know, as effective. It can It can bring you down so much. But I think his positive vibes have really, really, really helped Miles Turner in his development yeah. as a player. Uh, Fachi, I mean, we, we've been hard on Miles the past couple of years, but, I mean, you really can't say anything negative about Miles right now. He has been incredible this la- these last few months. He really has, but, guys, how lucky are we that, that when he tweaked his knee the other night that it didn't prove to be serious? That would have been the exact injury that would have been just devastating to this Pacer team at this point and made this team just so thin. So, Thank God that, that proved not to be serious at all, and we know it wasn't because you know just last night he had eighteen and eight, and then the game before that was uh, the one where he had six blocks, right? Which I believe is career high for him, or maybe that was two games ago. So just we, we've seen just a, a lot of great production out of Miles Turner, starting to turn into the guy that we believe we signed, the guy that we hoped we drafted. So I love what I'm seeing with Miles. I, I think it's something that all Pacer fans need to just continue to be a little bit more patient because he is playing great ball. I think you've seen the stat come out recently how he's on pace to become the only player ever to average over two blocks and shoot over 40% from three. So how could you be mad at that? I mean, it's uh, you can't be. <laughs> it's impossible. Uh, and I have to say, last night it was great to see former Pacer big man Al Jefferson in the building um, he was actually on Fox Sports Indiana, and he was laughing because Sabonis actually used his right hand to make a shot last night. And he said he was messing with him in the locker room about. He said if you score with your right hand, you know something. I don't know. I don't know exactly the details, but uh, Tyler, I want to get your opinion on Sabonis. He's obviously struggled a little bit recently. 
still playing decent. I mean, he's still effective because he hustles and he just plays so hard. But his shot hasn't been as you know as consistent as you'd like it to be, and he just has a hard time not going left. He always has to go left. He can never go right. Um, what have you seen from Sabonis in the last couple of games? Well, it's interesting that you know the timing of it when he really started to struggle. Um, around that time of the injury and, and you just kind of wonder like is he is he heartbroken over his longtime teammate i mean was that was that that much of an influence he has played better of late um i still think you know i think this break is going to be good for him um I agree. we 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 can never understand how much especially a big man in the nba just gets beat around all the time i mean it's just almost every shot you're banging you know going up going up for boards and um we have no idea the the soreness and the fatigue, mental and physical that that's going through. So I think I think we'll see a different Domas um, starting the second half of the year or after the All Star break, anyway. Yeah, and I mean you you bring up a great point there because pretty much every single play that he's on the court, he's setting a high screen and roll. He's either in the post banging, <clears throat> and Miles on the other hand is usually picking and popping while he's picking and rolling. And so Miles doesn't get as beat up on the offensive end, you know, banging down low. In the post, that's not his game. And you like when Miles is spreading the floor and knocking down threes because it just opens the paint for so much others. But the big thing without Oladipo, in my opinion as well, is, you know, getting Sabonis those looks, you know, and not having Tyreek. It was a struggle for him to try to connect on those pick and rolls with Edmund Sumner and Aaron Holiday. I mean, you had Corey Joseph starting, so that took away his security blanket as well. I mean, he was playing with guys he's not used to playing with, and I think that made a huge effect in his in his um, production. But having Tyreek back, who can create off the dribble, probably the team's best creator still. And that and Tyreek looked really good last night. He looked like the, his shot was falling. He just seemed to be really <clears throat> energetic. Um, you know, I just I was impressed with the way they all played last night. And I this is one question that I'm really um, curious your guys' thought. I'll start with you, Tyler. Tyreek Evans goes back to the bench now, and they bring a guy in off the streets, Wes Matthews, and he's starting and he's playing more minutes than Tyreek Evans. Do you think that's going to be a problem? I don't think so. And, and Mark Monteith mentioned this. Um, he said Mark Monteith was saying he was looking at Tyreek's body language from the, the entire day, shoot around all the way up through uh, warm-ups into the game. He said he's upbeat, and, and Mark said, I think he's happy to be coming off the bench. I mean, whatever it is, and, and I think iPacers blog mentioned this as a, as a point as well, you know, coming off the bench, he gets the ball ran through him more than he does um, in the starting lineup. He works really well with Sabonis. And so I don't know, maybe he's just more comfortable in that role. So I honestly, I don't think it's going to be a problem for him. Fashi? I mean, I I feel that we brought in Tarek Evans to anchor the second unit. So I think it still gives him the ability to run that second unit. And I, I think that it's still a huge opportunity for him. I, I've said it so many times that he's every game is an audition for next year. We're most likely another team. And I think that he got off to a great start in the first half. Uh, of last night, second half, you know, it kind of disappeared for a little bit, but I thought that he played really well uh, a few games ago. I want, I want to say, uh, hmm, he dropped twenty points. Maybe was either against the Clippers or or the, the Lakers. Either way, everyone produced in that Lakers game, so it was nice to see him just kind of start to get back to a more efficient Tyreek Evans, and not one who's kind of having some bonehead plays here and there. So 
I think that for his body language to, to be saying all the right things, I thought that was some great insight by you, Tyler, because that's all you can really ask for at this point. Sure, he could have gone the other way and had a bit of a chip on his shoulder being replaced by Wesley Matthews, but you kind of get the feeling that the reason the Pacers were able to land Wesley Matthews was by promising a starting role. Yeah. So, yeah, that was the asking price, and you know we delivered because that was kind of the luxury that we had. Yeah, I think his defense, too, really helps that starting lineup because Victor's on-ball defense is something they really missed. And while Tyreek is a good you know, good scorer, I don't really love his defense. And I think that having Matthews, you know, we saw how he can guard point guards like Kemba Walker last night, and they can move Darren Collison off those guards that are really good. And we have some really tough matchups coming in the playoffs. I mean, there's some really good guards in the Eastern Conference. Um, and I think it's going to be a challenge, you know, trying to have Tyreek guard them. So I think Wesley Matthews will definitely be a positive addition for that starting lineup just with his defense alone. I mean, I would love for him to knock down more threes at a consistent rate and, you know, continue to get better in the offense. But if his defense can be just a positive uh, influence, I- I'm all for it. So uh, going into the All-Star break this weekend, I want to talk about the state of the team here a little bit. Tyler, uh, just hit on that and everything that you feel going into the All-Star break. Well, hopefully they can beat Milwaukee and keep the vibe strong going into it. Um, I'll admit, when Oladipo went down, I thought the Pacers were destined to be a five seed. You know, if I'm being honest, I would probably still put them as the five seed. Come on, Tyler, positive vibes, baby. Yeah, 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 yeah. Get feathered. Yeah. <laughs> I, just looking at that March uh, schedule coming up is brutal, so I don't yes. know how they'll be able to handle it. Um, but I, I knew, even when, when the injury happened, I knew they would still be competitive. Um, like that night. The article I wrote was, you know, Pacers lose their star, but they'll never lose their heart. And even though they lost the four games after that, I just, I knew they'd still be competitive. It's just a good overall um, team, good group of guys. They're very determined. The way they've played lately, it does make you wonder a little bit. And especially if they were to knock off Milwaukee, you start to wonder, does this team really have <laughs> that kind of, you know, mojo to, to handle and, and continue as a three seed? Um, but again, that tough schedule is just going to be really tough. Um, I do want to point out, though, this is a team that, that fans should just really be proud of, you know, even if they do slip to a five seed and even if they were to lose in the first round. We don't want to talk about that. But even if that were to happen, um, it would be disappointing. But you can't ask much more than what these guys are giving uh, to their fan base night in and night out. Ooh, if the Pacers can beat Milwaukee oh, tomorrow – Pacer mania is going to be running wild, brother, as Hulk Hogan would say. Because if you can go into the All-Star break on a seven-game winning streak, beating the current beast of the East, Milwaukee, I I think that how could you not be overly excited for a team that has won 13 games now without Oladipo when last year they couldn't do that once? So I think that... Tyler, I'm kind of where you are. I, I do think that it is likely that we might finish around that five seed. But, hey, why not the four seed? I think that we can get home court in the first round if we can keep this up. And right now we are starting to distance ourselves a little bit. Game and a half up on Philly, two and a half up on Boston. They actually play each other tomorrow. So um, things get pretty interesting. But oof, if you can beat Milwaukee and go up two to one in that series – that win would mean something way more than these past few wins over non-playoff teams have meant. Well, yeah, and just to kind of wrap up this conversation tonight, I wanted to get your guys' thoughts on the trade deadline and how it affects the Eastern Conference. You know, we saw Tobias Harris going to the Philadelphia 76ers. 
um, Marcus Saul going to the Raptors, and then Nikola Mirotic going to the Bucks. So <clears throat> the, the the Celtics didn't make any moves. The Pacers brought in Wesley Matthews. Tyler, how much better did the East get over the trade deadline? Seemed like everybody got better. I mean, uh, it's just you know we we had mentioned earlier today um, some conversation about what team you would fear the most, and I feel like um, Celtics and Sixers might be a coin flip. Um, before the the Harris trade, I would have feared Boston more, but now I say it's it's pretty even. You know, that's a huge addition for Philly, and he's been a pacer killer. Um, so that one kind of hurt a little bit when I saw it pop up on Twitter. Um, Toronto, I'm interested to see how they do, you know, handle, handle the minutes with the addition of Gasol. And, um, and their question is, does their, their playoff curse, does that continue? Is that more of a LeBron <laughs> curse? But, um, Milwaukee, you know, obviously Giannis is unbelievable for, for some reason. I, I haven't trusted them as much. They've got the best record in the NBA right now. And for whatever reason, I just, I don't know if I'm all the way there, uh, trusting that they would, you know, be the team in the East to make the finals, but Maybe they'll prove me wrong, but I do feel a lot of these teams uh, improve their chances. Fachi? I still just don't trust the Bucks. I don't. I love the move that they made going after Meritich. Doesn't look like he's going to play against the Pacers tomorrow, so Good. that is very helpful, um, as he has been out for a, a while now. But Philly scares me. I, I love the move that they made going after Tobias Harris. They sacrificed you know, future pieces, that 2021 uh, Miami Heat unprotected first, another first, guys like Landry Schmidt. Uh, but I'm just, I think that that was the price to pay. If Philly wants to go all in in a year where there isn't a guy like a LeBron James uh, in the East, and who knows if Kawhi Leonard will be back, I, I think Philly made the perfect move. I do not want to play them in the first round. Above all, I'm happy the Pacers made a move and bringing in Wesley Matthews. It felt like you had to do something. You couldn't just roll over and die. But also kind of look for Boston to potentially add uh, Enos Kanter. I- I've heard a-, a couple links there. He's just recently bought out. Wouldn't be surprised if they do uh, go after Kanter. But, oof, man, there is an arms race in the East right now. No, you're totally right about that, Fachi. And I and I think I'm in agreement with you all for the Pacers exactly. Philadelphia just provides so many problems, especially matchup-wise. You know, Darren Collison, he's not going to be able to guard Ben Simmons. Simmons is too big. So you're going to put Matthews or Thad Young on Simmons. Now you've got to probably put Thad on Tobias. And we know Miles has really struggled against Embiid throughout his career just because Embiid is so much thicker. And outside of Giannis, I, I mean, Embiid makes a case for the second-best player in the Eastern Conference right now, too. Uh, Kawhi Leonard obviously is up there as well so it's between those three guys and then you look at you know the pacer killer Kyrie Irving one of the most clutch point guards in the NBA I mean a lot of people to me are writing off Boston right now just because they haven't been playing the greatest basketball but I think this all-star break will be really good for that team I think when they come back they're the team that's going to be tough to beat and I think they're going to be the team you need to watch out for I, I, I agree with you Tyler Boston and Philadelphia is tough and with Philadelphia's lack of depth I think that you know, that might give the Pacers an advantage as the bench. But with those many all-stars right there, I mean, Tobias Harris really should be an all-star. He probably would have been if he was in the Eastern Conference. So having four essential all-stars, they're going to have two on the court almost every time you're playing. So it don't really matter about your bench or not. So that that, that team fear is the, the team that scares me the most. Toronto, like you all said, they're, still, they're a good team, and I think they have a good chance of – upsetting anybody beating anybody and Milwaukee I think I think the problem we all have with trusting Milwaukee 
is because outside of Giannis, who is their number two guy? Eric Bledsoe, I mean, he doesn't scare you. Chris Middleton, yeah, he's a good player, but he's not someone you're, you know, overly worried about like the other teams have. And I think with Giannis, he doesn't shoot threes. He's very one-dimensional in what he does offensively. Uh, He gets to the basket. Now, he does an excellent job of doing that, but we know Thaddeus Young probably plays the best defense on him out of anybody in the Eastern Conference. And I think that there's a way to game plan against Giannis better than the others because of his inability to shoot the ball from outside. So that's just my thoughts on that. And if you guys want to throw any other (laughs) thoughts to what I said, feel free to do that. I just think it's it's pretty weird that if you actually go back to – I want to say to to 2012, um, yeah, maybe even 2011. There has been a new team in first in the Eastern Conference every single year, and that year it's Milwaukee. So the number one seed really hasn't meant much at all. It's very helpful. You want to be the number one seed, but I'm just not looking into what Milwaukee's doing right now. I think that they got off to that absolutely scorching start in the beginning of the year they, they won an absurd amount of games and i just think since then that you know they've been a good team it just seems like there's always one of these teams every single year and milwaukee for me just seems like that next team that i'm not worried about because can you actually get it out get out of the east i don't think so wouldn't be surprised if they made it to the conference finals wouldn't shock me at all but I still think a team like Boston, they have so much time to get it together. A Boston-Philly you know, a conference finals or, or just something of the sort, it just seems like that could very well happen later on in the season. Yeah, my only comment was uh, you did not mention the best player in the East, Bojan Bogdanovic. <laughs> yeah, yeah Eastern hey, Conference maybe not quite that week. high. But he's, <laughs> yeah. Hey, yeah. going back to it real quick, when uh, recently the Celtics said they're not having any fun. It was Marcus Morris who said that. And then you see a short clip like today where, you know, Boyan and Wesley Matthews and McDermott, they're all shooting three-pointers, just kind of being a little bit silly, having fun. And that is just so important because when you're having fun, you're winning. And, and I, I think that those two, they, they go hand-in-hand, hand and it's just so great that – even with Oladipo going down, this team has not lost their smile, and they continue to grind out wins. Yeah. Well, well. speaking of fun, Tyler, I saw a video of you on Facebook uh, <laughs> dancing to a little bit Backstreet Boys. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you want to tell us a little bit more about that? <laughs> you notice I didn't put it on Twitter, so I don't know. <laughs> Maybe I should. I know. I was dying yeah. laughing. Was it, who was with you? Was it your pastor and someone else? Well, I, you know, I work with a youth group in, in Crawfordsville, and uh, we do a, a lip sync contest once in a while. And it's like, hey, if you kids, you know, us us old guys can get up here and dance around a little bit. So Backstreet <laughs> Boys is the GOAT uh, boy band of all time, so we had to do it. Oh, wow. <laughs> Man, Fachi's a Justin Timberlake fan over there shaking his head. <laughs> I, love, I love Timberlake, but full band, come on now. <laughs> New kids on uh, the block, Fachi. Got anything to add to that? Uh, I, I don't. I'm going to sit out of this one. I I didn't see that video on Facebook, but now I am intrigued. <laughs> All righty, everybody. Well, that wraps it up for another episode of Setting the Pace. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at Setting the Pace Three. Make sure you check all of our great podcasts out on iTunes. Subscribe, rate, and review. Until next time, peace out, Patreon Nation. Let's be Milwaukee. Let's do it.
Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.